Hello, listeners. Good evening. Welcome to Tana's Podcast. That's not the name of our podcast, Andrew. What is the name of our podcast? Armchair Apocrypha. Armchair Apocrypha, that's right. This is the series where armchair experts tell possibly true stories, and I'm leaning into that heart this week. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's really bad for starting off with that. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to take every other thing you say as truth, <laughs> and every other thing you say is not true. Well, it's an apocryphal story. It was recorded okay. in Chronicles, but it's not entirely, probably not true. Um, <laughs> before we uh, before we begin, I want to thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we just passed 350 plays. Ooh-ooh. Yep. Um, we're also international, so thank you to people in France, Japan, United Kingdom, Spain, Morocco, and Italy. And, and I'll say thank you in all the languages. I cannot do that. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> Merci. That's all I got. Uh, arigato. Um, yep. What is Italy? Can I? Ask Mary. She would know. <laughs> Mary would probably know. Um, I also want to thank you, say thank you to all of our listeners in San Francisco. You um, listen to us more than people in Louisville. Hey. We really appreciate that. That's because we <laughs> belong in San Francisco, Andrew. That's why. Um, people in Louisville, you've got some catching up to do. Um, and I would recommend getting to it. Um, how was your week? It was good. Yesterday was a long day, but it wasn't like exhausting. Okay. It was like a good day. You it said just, it was 12 hours. That yeah, because I had to stay as long as I couldn't find anyone to cover an open shift. So mm. I just stayed so that they wouldn't be screwed over. But it wasn't bad. Yeah, um, bad. Just because like, I had to do uh, letting someone go a couple weeks ago. And so oh, those no. shifts were still open. Yeah. But it was fine. Good. Yeah. Awesome. And I had today off. Didn't get... I only got contacted once about yeah. work and it was figured out. Good. <laughs> Awesome. This poor girl was like, I know I said I'd come in and help, but I can't see. I was like, what? what? She's like, I'm calling my doctor. And then like 10 minutes later, she was like, turns out it's some kind of like ocular migraine. So oh. I'll make it to work. I was like, okay, thank you. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. Ocular migraine. <clears throat> um, but she still went. She's good. awesome though. Awesome. <laughs> but I was like, I thought this would be like the one day I wouldn't get anything. Yeah. But that didn't happen. <laughs> Good. It was just a false alarm. It was a false alarm. I, it all literally got solved within 10 minutes of me finding <laughs> out about it. <laughs> like, okay. I can't see ocular migraine. Ocular migraine. It's fixed. Good. I, I I think she's just freaking out because it started getting worse and worse. Well, that was the thing. I would freak out too if I suddenly couldn't see. Yeah. Yeah. Out of one eye, but still, that would freak me out. Yeah. Um, my no, my uh, second novel was released last weekend. Um, yes. Red Hats and Black Mask is yes. out now on uh, Long Steel Rail Press. We have uh, a link to that on the website, and um, we have a link to Long Steel Rail Press on the website as well as uh, Friends and Comrades. Mm-hmm. Um we also played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time. Yes, last we weekend. did. And we're supposed to do it today, but a person had to work. So yeah, we do it. Um, it was me, Rachel, Mary, um, Cameron, Katie, and then our friend Matt. Mm-hmm. 
were the players. And Kitty's the dungeon master. Yes, Kitty's the dungeon master. Um, Mary's character is a sociopath. Yep, sounds about right. (laughs) Spot on. (laughs) Uh, Every NPC that we came across, she was like, could I kill them? (laughs) Technically, yes, but should you is the question. I just like how our whole group loves animals, and all we want to do is set the animals yeah. free. We got a wolf. <laughs> we had, yeah. We rescued a wolf. Um, it was good, though. Yeah. Oh. Rachel is a dragonborn yep. uh, sorcerer? Mm-hmm. Was it sorcerer? No, not sorcerer. I'm just a uh, dragonborn. Um, what was your class, though? You were, you were a physical, like a cleric or something, right? No. Not a cleric. Um... I don't have my sheet with me. I am, like, just full-heartedly, like, a dragonborn. Yeah. Um, but my class, I think, starts with a P. Mm. Paladin. Yeah. That's dragonborn my class. Um, and my one flaw is that I love booze. <laughs> so I kept wanting to go to a brewery, but apparently there were none nearby. Matt kept getting pissed. We were in a cave. <laughs> It's like, there aren't any breweries. <laughs> There's not a bar in the cave. <laughs> not um, with that attitude. <laughs> That's why nobody likes going to caves. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm excited. Hopefully we can get together sometime this weekend. Because we just got out of the cave, and now we're on to our next adventure. Yes, we finished the cave. We killed a bugbear. Mm-hmm. Um, and many goblins. Many goblins. Um, I have a... Uh, uh, Tiefling uh, rogue, mm-hmm. um, and so I am uh, really enjoying the sneak attack effect, <laughs> where I come up behind people in stealth, and if they're flanked by one of my allies, I get an extra uh, d6 roll on them. That's awesome. Um, which does a lot of damage, and so for someone like me who likes to like get into the actual battle. <laughs> And do stuff, and then for someone like Mary, who likes to kill things, Mm -hmm. we make a pretty good team. Yeah, so far so good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You ready to get into it? I'm ready. I want to hear about your not real story. So the person is real. Uh, The person is Saint Olga um, of, uh, she's a Catholic saint. Okay. Um, this is continuing with my badass women who deserve their own nice. Netflix series. Except this one is kind of like a horror movie, like uh, uh, Prince of Darkness or something like that. Okay. Um, so, uh, St. Olga was a regent of the Kievan uh, Rus, uh, and she was married um, to Igor of Kiev. Igor and Olga? Igor and Olga. Okay. What, what would you. their relationship name be? Uh, Olgor. Olgor. Igla. E- Ilga. 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 Maybe. No. Those are awful. What's your shipping name for Igor and <laughs> Olga of Kiev? Igor was in the line of succession for Kiev. Um, he was ruling over the Drevlians. Um, the Drevlians were a uh, agricultural um, group uh, tribe in uh, Slavic area. Um, they were Slavs, and uh, basically they were paying taxes to um, Igor's uh, predecessor. And when Igor came in, um, they basically said that they didn't want to do it anymore. 
Um, and so he called in an army and tried to put them down, and they revolted and ended up killing him. All right. Um, and that's the backdrop of our story. It kind okay. of, uh, it's very um, Titus of Andronicus. Um, yeah. Very Game of Thrones in so far. Mm-mm. Uh, it's about to get more Game of Thrones in. Yes. <clears throat> Since we had to wait another fucking year in the last season. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so the Drevelians wanted uh, Olga of Kiev to marry their Prince Mal, uh, which would make him the ruler of the Kievian Rus. He would rule all seven kingdoms? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but close enough. Okay. Um, but Olga was determined to remain in power. Um, she wanted, She had a child. She wanted to preserve the throne for her child. So okay. she's kind of like, um, what's her name? Uh, from Game of Thrones? Uh, Somebody who already has a child? Yeah. And remarrying? What was, uh, what's the queen's name? Cersei? Cersei. She's very Cersei mm-hmm. in this, this, uh, this telling. Um, so the Drevlians sent their 20 uh, best men to try to persuade Olga to marry Prince Mal. And uh, Olga decided that she would order all of those 20 men buried alive. Ew, what? Alive? Alive. Buried alive. That's awful. <laughs> um, that she, is... Ugh. So she has these 20 men buried alive, and then she sends word to Prince Mel that she accepted his proposal, but she needs more men to come uh, to show, uh, chauffeur her um, over to his area. So he sends more men. Oh my gosh. Like an idiot. Um, and then uh, the Trevelyans, uh, when they get there, she offers them a warm bath after their long journey. Oh, fuck. Um, and they enter the, the bathhouse and like start disrobing, and she bars the door and burns them alive. What the fuck? <laughs> so we've got Cersei sorry, and we've got Daenerys. Is this? this is the uh, 900s. Oh, gosh. AD? Yeah. Um, so we've got Cersei and we've got Daenerys. So yeah, far. we do. <laughs> um, so uh, with these, all of these guys, Dead. supposedly the best men that uh, Prince Mel had, um, all of them out of the way, she invites uh, everybody else to a feast. Um, she gets the Trevelyans drunk, um, and then she orders her soldiers to kill them. Gosh. So. Three times. That's a tearing right there. <laughs> Prince Mel has been uh, fucked over three, three times. Three times, yeah. Um, so he's kind of like, you know... Maybe we shouldn't marry. Maybe we shouldn't marry. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe I can still back out of this deal. And she says, okay, but if you're going to do that, I need pigeons and sparrows from your houses. Not just any pigeons and sparrows. Pigeons and the sparrows best. from your houses. How many pigeons and sparrows does he own? I have no idea. Um, But uh, the Trevelyans conceded. They gave her three pigeons, three Three sparrows from each of their houses. Okay. At which point Olga orders her soldiers to tie, um, what was it, sulfur to the pigeons and the sparrows' legs and light them on fire and then release them. So the pigeons and the sparrows, they fly back to their houses and light them on fire. Oh my gosh. 
Um, That's kind of ingenious. Did yes. it work? It, apparently it did. Uh, keep in mind Wink. that this is probably yes. <laughs> not real, but according to the story. Where did, okay, I'll ask you this after you finish your story. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, after What happened to her afterwards? Uh, after that, she was the first... Um, the first leader of Kiev to convert to Christianity. Um, she had uh, some... Some Christian. Correspondent. <laughs> right. She had some correspondence with the Holy Roman Emperor, and she converted to Christianity. Um, and she basically made her area uh, part of the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church. Hmm. So she was, like, safe then. Yes. Um, she died in, 19, in 969. Um soon after uh, Pekinaga's uh, siege her city. Oh. So she was about... She was probably in her 70s or 80s by then. That's pretty old. Yeah. Um, but she uh, killed a lot of people. Yeah, she did. In pretty ingenious ways. Um, Send more people so I know <laughs> you mean it. Also, not weird at all, give me some pigeons. Right. <laughs> If you're going to back out of our courtship, just give me a bunch of birds. Um, how did you come up with the idea for that? Um, so there was a Cracked article okay. that was about revenge. I don't remember the <laughs> real name of it, but it was like four people who took revenge to the absolute Next limit. Next level. Um, and they talked about it. But they talked about it like it was actually real. And when I clicked through the links, it looks like it was probably just a myth. It's a good myth. I like it. Yeah. Alright, I don't want you to see my paper because you might get overwhelmed <laughs> with how big it is. Oh no. But I promise it's not because I'm going to read it almost verbatim because there are like two or three sites that were just like, were really, really good. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to go back to my like first lady's love. And so, <laughs> I'm going to talk about another awesome first lady. Yeah. And I will get back and do another president because I guess they need to be remembered too. But she is, like, one of my favorite first ladies. She's talked about on the Drunk History episode about first ladies, okay. and we'll get to her specific thing. But hers was more, uh, her piece in that episode was more of an event okay. than anything. So I'm going to go tell you about her life. Cool. So I'm going to talk to you guys today about Dolly Madison. Um, she was the wife of the fourth president, James mm -hmm. Madison, and he was president from 1809 to 1817, so he's a two-term president, like right. <clears throat> most were back in the day. Also, by the way, side note, um, her name is spelled D-O-L-L-E-Y, Okay. and they say that that's how it was spelled, but uh -huh. there's been controversy if that's how it was spelled or if there is an I-E involved, but most historians say it was D-O-L-L-E-Y. Did she not have a birth certificate at the time? Um, they don't have a show for it, okay. but they know when she's born, so right. I don't know. So Dolly Payne was born on May 20th, 1768, mm. before a motherfucking country, to a Quaker family in North Carolina, okay. New Garden, North Carolina. She was the fourth of eight children, four brothers and three sisters. Quakers, am I right? Quakers. <laughs> um... There are no records existing of any formal education, but it was the 1700s and she was a woman. Right. I don't know how the... I know the Quakers were, like, pretty, like, equals, like, as you could be back mm. then, but I still don't think that they were really educated um, in the same degree that guys were. 
So, um, there's not too much shown, like, her upbringing or things like that. I'm pretty sure it was just, I mean, it was Quaker life. Right. <laughs> so, but, um, at 21, she married a fellow Quaker, as one does, <laughs> by the name of John Todd in um, ni- er, 1790. And he was a lawyer. And they quickly had two shins, sons, John and William. Okay. Um, three years later, after their marriage, mm-hmm. in 1793, a yellow fever epidemic broke out in Philadelphia where they were living at the time. This epidemic killed over 5,000 people in four months. Damn. Yeah. And of those 5,000 people, it included Dolly's 29-year-old husband and three-month-old son. Wow. They died on the same day. It's so sad. It's like, it's like what the fuck? I was like expecting to like, figure this one out. Right. So she had to deal with her husband and her son dying in the same day. Um, but... They kind of quickly every because most people focus on like the presidents, not the first yeah, ladies, and yeah. there's only so much. Um, but they don't talk about like her grief or anything, blah blah blah. Um, but about a year later is when Dolly and James Madison um, met, and they met at a social event. And there's a rumor that it was Aaron Burr's idea t- mm-hmm. to get those two together. Okay, and he's actually the one that introduced the two to each other. Aaron Burser. Aaron Burser. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> do you know the age difference between Dolly and James Lawson? I'm guessing a lot. Like 13 years? Um, he was 43, and she was 26 at the time, so it was a 17-year age difference. Damn. <laughs> and not only that, but they say <laughs> it was a brisk courtship, courtship, because three months after meeting, they were engaged... And a month after they were engaged, they got married. I would say that was brisk. Yeah, it was quite brisk. <laughs> like a girl on that one. Cheers to that. That's pretty fast. Um, but, uh-oh, he's not a Quaker. So she was expelled from the Quaker religion. Um, Come on, guys. I, I don't know if that still holds up today, to be honest. I have no idea. I would assume that it didn't, but... Every time I hear Quaker, I just think of the Quaker oats yeah. and things like that. And I know it has to do with them, but still. <laughs> um, so, now that she was no longer a Quaker, she kind of ditched her plain clothing that was kind of like custom at the time. Yeah. And she started wearing the fashionable styles. Um, they're just walking around over there. Why, though? I don't want to know. <laughs> I usually can't hear my name, yeah. but... Apparently now she's no longer a Quaker, so she ditched her, like, uh, boring clothes, I guess, as they put it, and started wearing very fashionable clothes of the time, which actually became part of her public image and how people remember her today. I don't know if you know, but that's how she was remembered, like, for her fashion and her icon. Um, So, they were married. Um, They didn't have any children together. Mm -hmm. uh, But... Eight years of their marriage, and James Madison was in the House of Representatives for those eight years. He decided to retire from politics. He was in the 50s, and it was back then, so it was a good time to retire. Um, but Jefferson became president, yeah. and him and Madison were close friends, and he asked uh, James Madison to be his Secretary of State, and he's like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? I'll do that. Nice. Um, so because now they like moved to D.C., and at this time, Jefferson's wife had passed away. Yeah. And usually at receptions and dinners, you usually have, like, a lady with you yeah. to, like, 
be a part of the party or like kind of show up for things. You don't really show up by yourself. So um, President Jefferson actually asked Dolly Madison, like, would um, he be like, would she be the female co-host, be like the aide to him? And she's like, yeah, sure, why not? And that's how she got like the Dolly Madison, the Madison name buzzing around because she was there. She was very social, very engaging to everyone. Everyone really, really liked her. Um, And also, apparently she took a large public role in the fundraising effort that supported the exploration of uh, the Louisiana Louisiana Territory by Explorers Lewis and Clark. Apparently she and one of her friends made lots of stuff to help for their expedition, which was really neat. Um... So fast forward a little bit, she's Secretary of State's wife for eight years, and then after that, Madison runs for president, because Jefferson, like most people at the time, after two terms, they're like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. Um, Madison runs for president, and short story, obviously he wins. <laughs> um, did, he do, did he, though? He did. Okay. Yeah. Can we uh, get a fact check on that? <laughs> we can. <laughs> Bruce, that's her age, right? Okay. <laughs> um, some historians say that she took on the job as if she'd been born to fill it. She was widely known for her caring and loving nature, her fashion sense, and her graceful manner. So what everyone expects of a first lady, basically. Um, in preparation for the inaugural ceremony of James Madison in 1809, there was a captain who had requested Dolly Madison um, to like a dance and a dinner at the mm-hmm. party and okay. she was like yeah sure I'll do that and this was actually thus then the first inaugural ball ever now that it's like that's a thing yeah. that happens all the time but this is the first time it ever happened and there were 400 guests at that ball I don't know how many go to it today but I imagine a little bit more um while serving as First Lady, Dolly used her pow- her limited political power <laughs> she had as a woman to the fullest extent. Um, every Wednesday, she hosted drawing room, I like they had it in quotes, drawing room gatherings at the house that were much less formal than the social gatherings hosted by Martha Washington and mm-hmm. Abigail Adams. Um, these drawing rooms, rooms were so well attended that they were often re- referred to as squeezes because so many people crowded it into the reception room. Um, Dolly is said to have made an effort to at least shake the hands with everyone in attendance, and she also invited a diverse crowd of Washington's most important people and guests of the city. Um, uh, what does it say? She tried to publicly override the underlying feeling that many people had that the new country was on the brink of falling apart, as we will get to. <laughs> um, and as First Lady, I love this, she attended debates in Congress and encouraged other women to do the same. I thought that was so cool. Um, she was the first lady to formally associate herself with a public project. Then again, she was the fourth first lady. Yeah. Or no, not even because of Jefferson. I can't remember when his wife died, if it was before or after he took office. So we'll just say third. Um, but she had a specific public project, which most first ladies do now. They have like a theme that they yeah. go along with. Um, as a fundraiser, because I, in retrospect, they literally don't have a a job. Yeah. I mean, they no, they don't. They get paid. They, they don't yeah. have to do anything. Um, so, as a fundraiser, supporter, and board member, she helped to found the Washington D.C. Home for Young Orphan Girls, mm-hmm. and she also befriended nuns from a local Catholic school and began a lifelong association with the organization. Um, 
And that was kind of interesting because she's from a Quaker background and James Madison wasn't Catholic, but I think that Catholicism is very prominent in D.C. And that's where a lot of charities come from. It's like from Catholic charities over there. Which is weird. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as we all know, and this is the part that's kind of taken by the um, drug history episode is the War of 1812 happens in yeah. 1812, or starts in 1812, and talks about her patriotism when the British finally came knocking on, like, D.C., or the White House's front door, mm-hmm. and they had to leave really fast, and she left by carriage, by the way, okay. <laughs> to the Potomac. Um, as you do. As, as one does. Um, that as they were leaving that she got rid of a lot of like their valuables there yeah. and one of them being the portrait of George Washington yeah. and she's like nope we gotta take that and they took it and they're and <laughs> she but and also a lot of episodes or sorry a lot of the sites I looked at kind of confirmed with that episode as well saying you know everyone wanted to move uh the capital back to Philadelphia mm. and she was literally the one to convince them with her partying and her social events and all that stuff to be like no DC is where it needs to be we can't show them that they defeated us by right. moving our capital further inwards um, and that's really all it has about her for that because part of Madison's second half of or his second term Half of his second term is the War of eighteen twelve because yeah. it literally lasts like two years, not one year. Um, and it doesn't really talk about much. They really just talk about her as being a social presence and really inviting to everyone. Nice. Um, so later years, after the presidency, Dolly and her husband went back and lived at their Virginia plantation. James Madison died in eighteen thirty six, um, and Dolly actually moved back to D.C. Um, this is really interesting. As one who knew personal, like, figures of the, like, beginnings of the, uh, like, beginning of the country, yeah. Dolly Madison was kind of, like, the symbol for the founding era because she was the last person alive mm-hmm. who knew all these people at the time. Um, she would often be called on to recollect the lives of founders and her personal collection of portraits, autograph letters, and other associated objects became something of, like, a private museum. Um... All right, so as I told you, like, way back in the beginning about how she had two sons and one died. Well, she did have the other son, or, like, that son still survived and, like, lived. And James Madison took him in as a stepson. And it was okay, but um, he went by the name Payne, because that was their last name. Right. And... He had a lifelong addiction to gambling and alcohol, unfortunately. And this is what kind of kills me. James Madison, while James Madison was alive, he knew about this. Mm-hmm. And he kept from Dolly Madison, not that, because you can't hide someone's alcoholism. Dolly knew about that. And yeah. he knew that he had a gambling problem and still loved him when he was and tried to help him. But what he kept from her was the huge debt that he was running up. Okay. Um, so after he had died and mm-hmm. she was a widow... Dolly Madison was confronted with a financial ruin and created by her son, eventually sending her to the brink of poverty. Damn. So she was literally penniless, and then it was basically her selling all these trinkets and, like, historical things back to Congress yeah. that they would willingly take because they knew the situation she was in, and also it was important to them, too. 
um, to like keep her from like living and eating and stuff. Right. It was, yeah. Like, ugh. Um, like I get that he wanted to keep that from her, but it fucked her over in the end. Yeah. Um, Don't keep things like that. Yeah. Don't. If you're in that situation at this moment, go ahead and talk just to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> or if the baby don't. <laughs> Uh, she died at home in 1849 at the age of 81, so she lived pretty long. And I got a couple fun facts okay. about Dolly Madison. She, Dolly Madison was chosen, I was almost on one site and I did not fact check it, so this might not be right. <laughs> but apparently Dolly was chosen by Samuel Morse, uh-huh. the Morse code, to be the first private, private citizen to send a telegraph with his new telegraph machine. Nice. The Morse code, yeah. Um... Oh, yes. Another claim which has persisted, but there is no actual evidence, Uh credits Dolly Madison with convincing President President Madison to permit um, Francis Scott Key to board the true ship in an effort to seek a freedom of captured... To seek the freedom of a captured friend. Mm-hmm. Moreover, that when he did so, he witnessed the firing of Fort McHenry and wrote the poem for which we all know him for the Star Spangled Banner. Right. Who cares what that's all wrong? That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, they talk about this also in the episode real fast, but she is noted as being the first first lady that that name was attributed to. Okay, so she, she's the original. She's the OG. According, yes, according to legend, at her funeral, though, um, President Zachary Taylor eulogized her as first lady. So that was the first time it was, like, really used. Okay. Um, and I guess it kind of came, became, like, a thing after that. Um, this is the best part. Where is Mary? <laughs> She's not here. Because we all know that the White House uh-huh. is haunted. Right. And it is said that the ghost of Dolly Madison is one of the most famous and frequently seen ghosts that haunts the Washington White House. And on the episode of, oh, shit, what's it called? Um, and That's Why We Drink uh-huh. podcast, they talk about this. Okay. Um, she is one of the most predominant ghosts there. Okay. The sightings of Dolly Madison ghosts have been reported in the White House Rose Garden, the Octagon House, and most famously, the Dolly Madison House, all located in D.C. Uh, the legend of the ghost of Dolly Madison appearing in the White House Rose Garden relates to a story that Edith Galt Wilson, who I may have talked about before, uh-huh. the second wife of President Woodrow Wilson, wanted to redesign the White House Rose Garden that had been planted and created by Dolly Madison. The White House Gardens gardeners were about to dig up the rose garden when the ghost of Dolly Madison appeared. <laughs> Don't touch my roses. The ghost apparently frightened the life out of the gardeners. Not one of them would touch the rose garden. And what's more, <laughs> no one ever made a second attempt. But usually they see her at the um, at the Dolly Madison house on the balcony. Okay. And she's just sitting in a chair and smiling. So she's usually a really friendly ghost. Nice. And just, you can see her smiling. So I love that. I'm like the ghost cat. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not about that. Um, but that's a little history about Dolly Madison. Okay. I think she's badass. <laughs> All right. And I love the fact that she still haunts it. <laughs> not that I'm a believer in ghosts, but if I were... 
It's just free rent. That would be it. It's just free rent for her, though. Yeah, it is. She doesn't have to pay anything. Yeah. Good, because there's always an alcoholic and a gambling (laughs) knife, so took all her fucking money. But I thought that was a really neat story. Yeah, it was good. I have like 10 other ones. Yeah. On my mind, and now I'm going to forget it by tomorrow morning, (laughs) but. I think I might have as many as 10 now. Let's see. Let me pull up my list real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm at ten right now. Cool. I was going to do another first lady, and I won't tell you her name. Uh-huh. But then I started getting pissed at her, and I didn't like her, so <laughs> I stopped. <laughs> I went to Dolly Madison. Are you... Is it going to be a surprise, or are you just... Uh... I'm, I still might do it about her, because okay. still... Spoiler alert, she... Her and her husband are very, very, very close, uh-huh. and she had influence, I think. Oh, okay. Um, and, like, I don't know if she swayed politics and stuff at the time, because uh-huh. I think her and her husband agreed on almost everything except for one thing, but, I mean, it was still, like, pre-Civil War... And <laughs> just, you know, don't agree with a lot of things. You have my interest. <laughs> I'll keep you present. <laughs> She's not, yeah. Okay. I have to do more research on her. All right. Uh, I think that's it for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? No. No. Sorry. No worries. Uh, go check out the website. We've got artwork from Katie. Uh, both of my books are up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got links to um, Long Steel Roll Press and Louisville DSA. Um, we've got some music up now. Uh, thank you to Chet Osman for our theme song. Um, uh, I think that's it. Um, I can't think of anything else. Until next time. Until next time, listeners.